Today's episode is sponsored by Kind Cotton, a remarkable clothing company with a heart for giving back. We're thrilled to not only have them as a sponsor, but also have one of the co-founders, Caitlin, on as a guest speaker. Kind Cotton is on a mission to make a positive impact. For every item you purchase, they generously donate an inclusive book to a child in need. Imagine the power of fashion transforming into knowledge and smiles. So far, Kind Cotton has already shared the joy of reading by donating over 143,000 books to kids. And here's the exciting part. Kind Cotton is extending an exclusive offer. When you use the code BEYOND at checkout, you'll receive 15% off your order. Support a cause that goes beyond fashion. Choose Kind Cotton, where every purchase creates a ripple of kindness. Visit www.kindcotton.com and make a difference today. Welcome to Beyond Your Lens, a special place where we share our story as a transgender couple and welcome other amazing stories with us. This podcast is all about being open-minded. We want everyone to feel that their story matters. We'll talk about our own experiences and talk with guests from all walks of life. And together, we'll explore what it means to be authentic and understanding. Join us as we share, learn, and grow together. This is Beyond Your Lens, a space where we see the world through different eyes in the same heart. Welcome to another episode on Beyond Your Lens. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Caitlin. We wanted to have her on to share her story and mission behind her and her partner's business, Kind Cotton, that they started seven years ago. And I want them to also talk about the hardships that they had to face in the state they called home. You don't want to miss this one. Caitlin, thank you so much for being on with us today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and I just love everything that you are doing. So thank you for having me. Of course. Let's just start um, talking about Kind Cotton, um, your guys' mission behind that, what made you guys start Kind Cotton and um, just all about it because there's some amazing things that you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. So I was a kindergarten teacher in the state of Florida for eight years and I would say about Three years into teaching, I started noticing such a lack of access to books, right? We would go to the Scholastic Book Fair and I would purchase books for my students. We would be in the classroom and the students always gravitated towards like my little reading corner in my room and always wanted to take books home. So I found myself buying a ton of books in order for my students to have any book that they would like to bring home with them and keep at their house. So my partner, Kevin, had always worked in custom apparel. And I came home one day and I can remember just walking through the door, putting my backpack down and being like, I have this wild idea. I don't know if it'll ever work. I don't know if you'll even be interested in it, but I want to start a clothing line that has impactful messages on it. And then with every single purchase, I want it to be a one-for-one model where we sell an item and then we donate a book to a child. And at the time, I just wanted to increase access to books for my students. Like I was like, oh, this could be like a little passion project and I can get 
books for my students and then maybe books for the school in which I was teaching in. And my partner was all in. He was like, yes, I can totally handle the clothing side of things. You can handle the education side of things. And back then, I was happy if I could sell one item a day and walk to my mailbox and put that shirt into my mailbox knowing that I could fully fund a reading program that I had started. And now, fast forward seven years later, and we typically, on average, are able to donate about 2,000 books a month now. Um, and we've donated over 143,000 thus far. So I can't even, my mind is blown saying that. Like when I say it out loud, I forget that that's even what we're doing. Wow. That's amazing. So you donate these to, to local schools or do you have multiple places that you guys are donating this? So we have a couple of different ways in which we donate. One and my favorite way is we actually host entire book fairs now that are free. So typically a school will contact us and have us come in after the Scholastic Book Fair because they want to ensure that they can let students know like, hey, if for some reason you can't get a book at this book fair, we have a free one coming in next week and every single child can leave with any book that they'd like. So I'll go in and these are obviously ones that I can drive to. So essentially like anywhere on the East Coast, I'd say between like Virginia and New York so that I, you know, it's easy for me to get to. I'll bring in thousands of books I'll set it up in the school's library. The kids come in, they sign up for time slots. They come in, they get to browse, pick any book that they would like and keep it forever and always, which they always get very excited about. And then we let the teachers pick books as well. Um, We also have a nominated teacher section on our website. So if you or someone you love is an educator, you can head to our website fill out just like a couple of quick questions and we pick a couple of those a month and we'll purchase up to $500 off of their book wish list to just kind of help teachers. I mean, I was a teacher myself. I know how much money we put into our profession, um, help teachers kind of enhance their school libraries. Wow. That is amazing. So where you are located, do you find that most schools are very inclusive and love these books being in their schools? Absolutely. But we chose that with a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we are now in Maryland and as a whole, everything is embraced. And it's, it's truly amazing to see that different family dynamics are embraced and social emotional learning is embraced and black history is embraced. And like all of these things that you or I may look at and just be like, oh yeah, like books about humanity and people and just differences in people and celebrating those differences is widely embraced here. And I can't even tell you how grateful I am every single day to not only know that my child will be going to school in this atmosphere when it's time, but to be able to work with these schools and provide children with books in which they feel seen, right? Or they feel as though their family is Mm -hmm. seen. 
it's really important. It really is. And so with all of that, since you're saying that where you live now is very inclusive, do you mind going into the hardships that you guys had to face where you started Kind Cotton and where you used to call home? Yeah, 100%. So we lived in Florida for eight years. I loved it. I thought that that was going to be our home. And then some really scary stuff started happening, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard in the news about book bans and just some some scary legislation, particularly really targeted at marginalized communities. And there was one day where we set up a fundraiser with a school in the district that I taught in, mind you. And right away, the principal called me and said, the fundraiser has only been live for 20 minutes. And we have two parents calling saying, this is absolutely horrific. How could you allow this company to be hosting a fundraiser with us? Did you see the books that they donate? There are books about people having two moms or two dads. And this is horrific. And, and they're trying to sexualize our children and just like all of these really horrible things. Um, I do want to say that on the other side of that, we had tremendous amount of support saying like, why are you going to listen to these two really loud voices and cancel something that is going to be beneficial for our entire school? Like this is just a company who's donating books to children who don't have access to them. And in in exchange, our school is making money. Like, we're fundraising. So that was fine. But then the email started rolling in um, saying that people know where we live um, and that we're threatening in nature. And I remember this day, like it was yesterday, I went into my partner hysterically crying and kind of felt like that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. Like, I am still so passionate about inclusive education in the state of Florida. We still donate probably more books to Florida than anywhere else. Like, we found youth groups to work with or free little libraries or boys and girls club centers just to still provide children access to books. But there comes a point in time where you feel as though you need to protect your family, too. So. so did so you guys had to make the move to get out of that? Yeah, we we say all the time. I mean, we had the immense privilege of literally Googling all the things that we were looking for, right, when it came to education and just feeling like we were a part of a community and wanting our daughter to be in a very integrated space of all different types of people. And we found our home, we found a realtor, and we bought our house sight unseen because that's how badly we wanted to leave Florida. So it was a quick process then, it sounds like. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We started looking for houses in November, and we closed on a house in January. Wow. So is your mm -hmm. family all in Florida too? So we are both originally from New York, so it wasn't that like wild for us to kind of make the the trip back up north somewhat. We knew that we didn't want to be back in New York. My parents moved with us to Maryland, and I'm just so grateful that they are here and nearby. And my husband's 
family is kind of dispersed between North Carolina and New York. So we're actually smack dab in the middle, which makes it really, really nice. Um, Yeah. That's so cool. Okay, so I kind of want to know what made you specifically want to start Kind Cotton when it comes to inclusive books and stuff? Is it something that you personally saw was lacking in your classroom as a teacher? And did you also see that these books were very important for the kids and that they liked these type of books? 100%. So there's two things that I always tell people. One, it has been statistically proven over and over and over again that if children, particularly from Um, marginalized communities feel as though they see themselves in a book or see their families in a book, they will do better academically, right? Because there's there's that buy-in. I mean, if you really think about it, whether it be media or books or just, just anything as a child, I always felt seen, right? Like if, even if you look at like Disney princesses, I looked like the Disney princesses, right? So it's not something that I ever, like, felt unrepresented. So it's really, really important for children to see themselves in the books that they read. And when you break it down statistically, I I was just talking to a publishing house about this yesterday. There are more children's books that have animals in them than there are of, like, the entire global majority. So we're talking about people who are not white, right? There are more books about animals. So we try to kind of just make up for that. So the books that we donate, 95% of them are either from BIPOC authors, so black and brown indigenous authors, LGBTQ plus authors, or disabled authors, because that's another some like something that is very near and dear to my heart and you do not see a lot of disability representation in children's books either. I remember one of the book fairs that I went to recently, we have this incredible book that's called Nia Sky's Friends on Wheels and it's about a little girl who is friends with another little girl who's in a wheelchair. And there was a little girl who came in in her wheelchair and she started yelling with excitement that there was a book that looked like her. And it's like, these are the stories that are so important because that little girl maybe has never had a book that she has seen with a main character in a wheelchair. It's, and it's super important. It is. And you know, it reminds me, I was just recording an episode, um, that will be releasing soon. And it's a mom sharing her story about her, child who is transgender, very young, and just her daughter seeing another girl at this park named the same name, because this um, child is transitioning from a boy to a girl, so her name Mm -hmm. is River, and she was born River, and she heard a mom call the daughter River at the park, and she's like, oh my gosh, mom, like, I can be River, and and that's it. It's all about, yeah, it's not, it may not be a book, but it's the, you know, the image. And I think that's so huge. And I can only imagine how, um, it just makes you smile seeing these books go into kids' hands when they may be even quiet about it, that they don't want to tell anybody, you know, like for example, 
Mm -hmm. Sawyer, my son has um, a book that's called She's My Dad. Yeah, he's two, but he literally looks at the girl in the book who transitioned and says daddy. And it's like, that's what's so important is knowing like, okay, it doesn't, daddy doesn't have to be short hair and a, you know, Mm -hmm. a baseball cap, you know? And so I think that that's just that representation, that image for children is so important. And I'm just so happy that you guys started this. It's just a huge change. Thank you. Do you guys do only fundraisers then locally? So you guys don't do any t- type of like worldwide type fundraiser? Oh, no, we do fundraisers all over the country. Oh, you do? Okay. Um, yeah. So we're, we're actually currently doing one with in California right now. And yeah, we do them all over the place. So essentially when we do a school-wide fundraiser, it's just an opportunity for the school to make money. We'll set up their own webpage on our site. We can customize absolutely everything. So if they want to add a school logo, they want certain school colors on the tees or the bags or the sweatshirts, we can do that. And then 15% of all sales directly goes back to the school. Um, So that's been a really kind of great way. A lot of schools will host the fundraiser and tell the kids a lot about the work that we do. So it's kind of like we're hosting this fundraiser to raise money for our school, but then there are other kids who are going to get books because we held this fundraiser too. So it's almost like a really great way to teach empathy and kindness and, and kind of giving back to kids. Wow. Now, have you guys had any parents send nasty emails since doing this? Like, I can't believe my kids got this book in their hands. Any of that? Wow. Mm-mm. Not other than the, the fundraiser that I told you about in, in, in Florida. Florida. Um, we are very aware of the events that we do when it comes to the free book fairs. Like I said, we almost live in this like pocket of inclusiveness that's really beautiful and I never take for granted, especially coming from a different area. Um, And yeah, no, parents have been like beyond appreciative. Not to say that that doesn't, right? I mean, the same way that love exists everywhere, unfortunately, there is hate that exists everywhere. And I would not be surprised if there was that one parent. I'm not saying like we are some special haven that, you know, nothing bad ever happens. But I would say as a whole, it's very widely embraced. Um, and then a lot of the books that we'll, we'll send off to schools that are across the country, many, many times we'll pick one title and we'll send that book to every single child in the school. And the school will do like a huge, uh, one book, one school initiative where everyone's reading it on the same day. They're focusing their lessons around it. And then every child gets to take that book home. Um, and with those books, it's, we've never had, we've never had anyone say anything either. Um, it's been pretty, pretty widely accepted aside from that one story I told you. Wow. So your sales really matter because that's how you get those books to donate to those children, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. We are strictly a one for one model. So every single time someone purchases something from us, they're literally directly putting a book into the hands of a child. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Now I don't expect you to know the titles right off the top of your head, but you seem pretty good at it. I am curious what books you recommend for people, um, going through 
a transition, even if it's like I said, she's my dad. Do you have any off the top of your head that you know, or do you want me to just link them in the show notes too? Cause I think that would be awesome. Cause I get people asking all the time. Um, it actually doesn't even need to be just, um, uh, transgender because I have multiple, um, people who I talk to who are just two moms, you know, just trying to be accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we actually have, I'll, I'll gladly name a couple here, um, but we also have blogs on our website, which are totally free resources. And I try to put out a book blog a month. So we put one out specifically for Trans Visibility Day. So all of the books that I listed on there, and again, this is a free resource, all of the books that I listed on there are about either a family member who may be trans or the child who is transitioning themselves. Um, We also have a very extensive list for overall LGBTQIA uh, folks, and I have it broken down for elementary level, middle school level, high school level. So it's a really amazing resource, which I can send you when when we hop off. But one that comes to mind that are two. I should say, that come to mind that I absolutely love is Calvin, which amazing, amazing, amazing book. I love it. And then there's one when Aiden became a brother. So that similar to the story that you shared before, um, Aiden was born a girl, born female, transitioning to male. And it's just such a lovely story of the mom getting pregnant again and Aiden is going to become a big brother and Aiden helps his parents to be much more gender neutral than they were the first time around. So they they paint the bedroom with clouds and they come up with like names that could be very gender neutral and it, it's just... Oh. It gives me chills even talking about it. It's a really powerful story. So that's one of my favorites. But yeah, I can send you I can send you the link to all of our book Gosh, blogs if you'd like to share with your audience. That second too. book just sounds amazing and honestly a good point that I didn't even think of right when I found out which I was mm. pregnant, but right when I found out about Ryan being transgender, I didn't know this, but I made my son's room very neutral colored because I think it was kind of like, okay, wait, and not to get off topic, but you know, the blue, blue must be for boy and pink must be, yeah. it's just a whole thing. So I'm sure all these books really help just make you think differently. Oh, 100%. It's like, we always take the approach of, um, pink is for everyone. Like we never even say pink is for boys and girls. We always use the word everyone or trucks are for everyone. Barbies are for everyone. Dresses are for everyone. And I think that's just like a really great way to approach it so that you know what your child's interests are without like putting that added pressure of this is for a boy or this is for a girl. I mean, I I remember... (laughs) My husband shares with me that when he was, like, really, really little, he wanted to paint his nails pink and didn't understand, like, why that wasn't a thing. Because shouldn't all kids be able to paint their nails any color they want? Because, like, colors are fun, you know? But society has just, like, ingrained this very binary way of looking at things. And I think it's it's getting better, for yeah. sure, than when we were younger. Um but we still have a lot of work to oh, do. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine how open-minded your own daughter is. Um, even, 
I'm just curious, like her with her friends, like does she find that they think a different way because of how open you guys are and how much you've taught her? So again, going back to that little bubble, we are so fortunate to be in the community, in the community that we are in here. And all of her friends are essentially from her school and the school is very much of the same mindset as we are in the books that they read, in the things that they talk about. Actually, I don't think I ever shared this with you, but one of her teachers is trans and my daughter is four years old and it took her one second to understand her teacher's pronouns and use them correctly always, right? So I always share that story because I think it's very important if we really make an effort, we can honor people's pronouns because if my daughter was three at the time, if a three-year-old can understand that concept and just like have it roll right off her back and this is just a human whom I love and their pronouns are she, her, okay, what are we playing with next, you know? Um, so yeah, we're, we're just in, we're in a really beautiful space. I was going to say, like, I'm not saying they're it's rare to find a teacher who is transgender, but I can only imagine how scary that can be. I mean, there are parents all over this mm-hmm. world that would make very hurtful comments and mm-hmm. say it's unsafe for kids, which is not the truth. If anything, it's probably mm-hmm. the best thing because they're, they're being loved. It's not they're you know, just by a no- normal human. And that's what I really try to push on my podcast is we are all just human, no matter what we look like, no matter our label, no matter who we love. And I love that so much. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's awesome. I'm so glad you shared that with me. Is there anything else that you want to share about kind cotton? I mean, a little bit about your podcast. I think that'd be awesome. Oh yeah. So for many, many years, it's, it's really interesting because to me, kind cotton is Of course, the books are important. Of course, the clothing is important. But we have really shaped Kind Cotton to be on a mission of essentially redefining kindness, right? We believe that like simple pleasantries and random acts of kindness go a really long way. And I would never take away from that ever, ever, ever. But I also believe deeply in the power of community and the power of shifting our mindset around kindness so that kindness includes everyone, right? So that we are looking at that humanity aspect of things so that we are rooted in justice and grounded in action. And I realized for so many years, I'd been having all of these incredible conversations about what does kindness mean to you from all different types of people all over the world. And I finally started my own podcast called The Kindnesses Podcast. And that's just been like, as I'm sure you can understand it's been a really great outlet to kind of talk to other people know that you're in community with other people know that maybe the world isn't so scary sometimes and when it is there are people there who have your back Mm -hmm. so yeah and you know it's been really I um for those that don't know I was actually on um, one of her episodes speaking about my um spouse and I and something that you said that I have it just has really stuck with me is I believe you told me that, you know, it's hard when people love or kindness with, um, conditions. And Mm -hmm. 
let me tell you, the reason why that sticks is because a lot of people do. They want to support us. Mm -hmm. They want to love us. They want to be kind, but they have conditions. And that's something that you, you know, we have to learn is that that's going to happen throughout life. But, um, yeah, your podcast, I love all the stories that you bring on all over and just to hear what people think kindness is. It's very, very eye opening. It is. It's been, it's been pretty magical. I really, I really enjoy that. And similar to you, it's been an opportunity to meet all different types of people and know that there are people who are in your corner, which is really important because I know you and I have talked about this before, but there's like some icky things that can come with being very public and and having a company or having a platform, um, there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there. <laughs> so it's nice to know that people people are there for you and people people believe the same things that you do. It really is. And even for me, um, as you've heard and I shared on, on the episode on your podcast is, I came from a very black and white uh, childhood. And so for me, why I love our podcast, why I love, you know, our TikTok account, even though yes, there's horrible things that can come from it is Mm -hmm. it's literally an eye opening every single day. Like, Hey, Caitlin, this world is not black and white. You are not Mm -hmm. alone in this. I mean, I get messages all day long. Again, it does not have to be with transgender. It's just people that we all feel, you know, like we're the different people. We're the elephant in the room because we aren't your typical heterosexual couple or whatever it is. And it's just been so eye-opening to know, wow, you're not the only one. It's, and mm-hmm. that's why I do what I do because I have people reach out to me also saying, oh my gosh. I mean, even the mom that I just interviewed, she goes, Caitlin, I don't know any parents with transgender children. And she's gone through this yeah. for, I think, four years. And I'm like, holy moly. It's just the connection is so huge. Yeah. It's so important, and I think we need it now more than ever when we feel as though we're kind of, like, living in chaos. I say all the time, like, I just want to cultivate some kindness while living in chaos because that is what it has felt like. Yeah. And, and, and in some very large-scale ways, that is happening mm-hmm. right now. So I think now more than ever we need community. Yeah. Well, I love it. Is there anything else that you wanted to say about Kind Cotton or what you're doing? No, just, I mean, we always appreciate new people. Definitely check out our website, kindcotton.com. We are Kind Cotton on Instagram and TikTok. Um, and yeah, all all of the support, likes or shares or any of that means more to a small business than you could ever it know. It really does. Well, I will link those in the show notes for anybody that is interested, as well as um, I will I'll also link your blog post because I think that would be amazing just to have all those books for people to, to look at. I mean, I've had multiple messages asking about that. So I appreciate it. And I really do appreciate the time and you sharing your story behind Kind Cotton and just all the scary things that you and your family had to go through just because you just want to spread kindness and love everybody. So thank you so much, Caitlin. And I look forward to talking to you more. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Beyond Your Lens. Remember, your story matters. Keep an open heart and an open mind. Until next time.
keep looking beyond your lens. If you'd like to follow our personal journey where we open up more about our story, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at TransWifeLife. Take care and stay true to yourself.